0: Love talk Radio
1: There were times of a moon Even though you were right next to me There were times I could sense that you just didn't want to with me When you finally left on that long trip back home I was stuck sitting on one side of the couch I slept to there all alone And I tried to breathe And I tried to sleep This pain would just go away When you knock on the door Right outside It was a beautiful back to me, just a look into my eyes, and as you're standing there, I just don't know what to do, cause all I know is I have this chance just to wrap my arms around you, now I'm free to breathe, and I can finally sleep. that you'll be there for the rest of my life because you knocked on the door right outside you were a beautiful surprise i didn't know where we should begin because all i know I know where we should begin Cause all I know is that I fell in love all over again
2: Good evening ladies and gentlemen This is rainy Saturday night in South Florida. Yes, it is the beginning of our rainy season when the hurricanes fly and the winds blow. but this is off the chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and that was all over again, and it was written and sung by my guest tonight, and we'll talk about that song in a few minutes when we introduce our guest. But I just want to say that tonight's show is gonna literally knock your socks off, ladies and gentlemen. Just in the past five minutes that my guest and I talked before the show, he had me in tears. I had him laughing, and I think we both are about speechless, and we hadn't even started the show yet. So this is going to be a wonderful, wonderful hour. There, This morning, when I ran the numbers, I haven't even run the numbers for the podcast yet, but just on the show, ladies and gentlemen, y'all are amazing. The You as the guest and, and as the listeners... We have reached 117,008 listeners just on the show. That doesn't include all the podcasts that this thing shows up on after the show, which is iTunes and YouTube and FM.com and TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podcast.com, Podcast Garden, Spreaker, SoundCloud, some oddball ones that I don't even put it up on. Someone else does. And we're soon going to be on Spotify. So when you combine all of those podcasts with the show, we are at approximately 150 thousand listeners in over 200 countries. This show's not even two years old yet, and and even with the the weeks that I had to cancel the shows because of my husband's illness, y'all kept it going, and I am so grateful and so humbled that there's not enough words, and I am a wordsmith. However, that being said, there's two ways you can get on the show. One is by being a guest, and the other is by running an ad on the show. And In both ways, you contact me at off the chain radio at Yahoo.com, and I will tell you how to make either or both of those things happen. The beautiful thing with running ads is I don't do it to get rich. I, I do it for 10 bucks a month. No matter how many shows I run in that month, you will be on the, the show. And if I have to reschedule the show, I just roll you over. I'm I'm not in it, like I said, to get rich or to take advantage. I want each one of you to succeed. And with that being said, I always start the show with, with these two ads because these two ladies have stood by me through thick and thin, and they are just absolutely marvelous. The first one is author Diane Mose. She has a series, and it's called the Sam Holden series, and the first in the series is Dogs On. The second in the series is called Dog Fight, and it goes like this. Wherever a helpless animal whimpers in the dark and wherever the system fails to protect that animal, she'll be there, and she isn't giving up any time soon, so you've been warned. When Sam Holden receives a tip about a brutal dog fighting ring, she embarks on some of her most dangerous acts of vigilantism yet. The monster known as the puppeteer circles Sam's world as she unknowingly circles his. While they chase each other, will Sam put those that she loves most in harm's way in order to break up the ring? With time running out and animals in need, the dangerous life Sam's created begins to eclipse any other life she could ever lead. Both of her books are on Kindle ladies and gentlemen so go online and look her up Diane Moat with dog fight and dogs gone now if you're into inspiration and improving your lifestyle and living the best possible life you can you need to listen to inside your life with CC which is a motivational passionate conversation CC interviews who are living their true purpose, whether it be a professional boxer, an author, or a history enthusiast. She strives to give you hope for a brighter day with her inspirational words. So download, subscribe, and listen as CC guides you to pursue your dreams and for you to live your best life. This wonderful show is available on podcast.com, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere podcasts are available. Now that we've got the business of the day out of the way, I have to... Tell you about this amazing um just if I could adopt him I would he's simply an amazing young man. His name is Philip Bouchard, and he discovered his passion early in life when his father brought home a guitar, his father's original intention was to play the guitar himself, but soon. Young Philip was found picking up the guitar when he didn't think anybody was watching. What started as just a few chords ignited the desire to want to share his newfound passion with the world. Born and raised in Washington State, love that state, it's so beautiful. Philip grew up under the influence of several artists that his father idolized, including some of my favorites. Pink Floyd, James Taylor, Jimi Hendrix, and the one and only Eric Clapton. I think I've got everything that man has ever written, sang, produced. However, sadly, tragedy struck at 18 years old when Philip's father and grandfather and uncle all passed away within six months of each other. So Philip enlisted in the Navy in an attempt to quell his grief. Early on in his naval career, someone handed Philip a copy of John Mayer's CD, Room for Squares. This album reignited his passion for the guitar after a hiatus due to the loss of all those family members. And I can relate to multiple deaths in a a short time. Y'all know. Y'all have been with me long enough. In 2007... Philip deployed in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom, and during this time he refined his guitar skills. See, ladies and gentlemen, not only is this young man a wonderful songwriter, musician, and performer, he's also one of our wonderful, wonderful veterans. What a day for him to come on this show this weekend when we honor our fallen. After his time in the military, Philip sporadically played gigs in the San Diego area. He relocated to Washington State where he completed his undergraduate studies at the University of Washington in Seattle. He acquired a B.A. BA in finance from Foster School of Business. Phillips' music stylings have a darker tone but range from the blues to pop tunes. When he is not playing music, he earns a living as the owner of a general contracting business in Pierce County, Washington. This young man is so multi-talented, it should be sinful. Hello, my friend. How are you tonight?
3: Hi, how are you?
2: I am fine. I, I The more I read, you just cannot be real.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes when I wake up, I think about uh, all the stuff I have yet to do And it's a little overwhelming So I just uh, keep my head up And and keep pushing and pushing and pushing And hopefully I'll uh, have accomplished everything I want to accomplish before I die
2: Well, you are just so, so multi-talented Not only are you (laughs) a musician You're a veteran God bless you Thank you for your service And I mean that from the bottom of my heart And you own a general contracting business, I'm going to tell you, being a general contractor is not the easiest job in the world when you work for somebody, but when you own it, that's got to be a headache from hell.
3: Yeah, you know, there's times, uh, you know, there's times it's a little overwhelming. Um, I have, you know, at, at times I've had 12 employees, at times I've had two, and, you know, I'm back up to six now, and our workload's increasing, we just want a large contract too, so, Um, you know, on the, you know, outside of music, you know, sometimes my day job can be a little overwhelming, but, uh, you know, you just, I mean, you can only eat an elephant one bite at a time. So you just take your challenges as they come and you take your challenges as they come and you, and uh, you know, the best thing is to when you wake up in the morning is to, you know, make your bed and drink a glass of water. You've accomplished two things. You've accomplished the task of making your bed, which you'll feel, feel better when you walk in and climb into the bed, uh, when you go to bed later that night, and, you know, when you drink that glass of water, you know, you've been sleeping for eight hours, six hours, whatever, however long people sleep. And, uh, you know, chances are you're slightly dehydrated and and everything like that. So you've gotten your body off to the right start and you've also set yourself up for the end of the day after, you know, when you climb into bed at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, just starting those, just doing those two tasks when you, get up in the morning can actually set your day in the right direction every time. And that's what I do and it's it's uh it's helped me out a lot in these last uh last couple of years.
2: How in the world, my young friend, did you become so wise so young?
3: Well, I have a lot of I had a lot of great teachers. I don't know if wisdom is uh is uh I don't know. I've had a lot of great teachers, uh, especially in the military. So uh, you know, a lot of them had, I think, you know, a pool of the secrets to life, and I don't know. I just I try to listen more than I talk, I suppose.
2: See again, ladies and gentlemen. If if some older people would learn that tidbit of wisdom, the more I talk to this young man, the 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 more wisdom just pours out of him like a open <laughs> spigot. If if some older people Would learn that tidbit of wisdom You only have one mouth for a reason You have two ears for a reason Two ears (laughs) to listen doubly well And one mouth so you can don't talk so much (laughs) (laughs) I love it Let's step back a little bit I want to talk about the the new song all over again But I want to go I want to step back into the past a little bit I want to talk about young Philip And Sure what made young Philip pick up that guitar? I know you idolized your father. That was your yardstick, mm-hmm. your stepping stone, your your hero. Was it because he brought the guitar home and wanted to play it that you wanted to emulate him? Or was it just something that you felt like you needed to do?
3: It was a moment uh, that I'll never forget. Um, I remember this guitar it was just a ch- you know a really cheap walmart guitar um, but it was in the back of my dad's suv and he had just brought it home and we had opened this uh this hatchback to the, the back of this i think it was like a ford explorer and i saw this guitar this beautiful white guitar uh electric guitar sitting there and i kind of just ran my fingers over the strings and in that moment i got goosebumps down the back of my neck i just something felt right about what i'd just done and so um i you know kept strumming the strings a little bit with my with my hand and everything and uh it was it was just a, this weird thing and and i i saw the movie avatar a while back and it almost reminded me of when they like when they bond with their horse or whatever, with when they <laughs> when they're they put their hair together or whatever, and they they make that bond. I felt like that with, with the guitar. It was really weird. And I still look back on it as something um, that sticks out very much in my mind. And so over the next couple weeks, I would go in and I would turn it on and I would, you know, pluck at these strings and play it and everything like that. And my dad walked in on me and I was like, oh, crap. And I turned it off and my dad was like, what's wrong? And I was like, well, this is in your room. And, you know, you probably don't want me touching this and I'm sorry, but I just couldn't, couldn't leave it alone. And he said, uh, you know, that's, I mean, I bought it for you to enjoy too. And, you know, anything that I can do, you know, he basically said anything I can do to make you, you know, really happy, you know, with something like that I'll do, you know? So, and, you know, my dad wasn't, wasn't well off by any stretch of imagination. You know, there were some weeks that he had to determine whether or not he could buy groceries or or fuel for his car. And so, you know, that kind of investment in me meant a lot even back then. And I was kind of a, I don't know how to describe myself. I was kind of a difficult kid uh, at times, especially as a teenager. And so, over the next, you know, the course of the next couple of months, I went in there and I played it and played it and played it and and i just couldn't get enough and then when he died i didn't want to ever look at it again
2: did you ever look at it again did you ever pick it back up and play it
3: so <clears throat> no um but there's a there's a caveat to that so my dad um you know he he had these subtle ways of of you know complimenting me or or something like that and after I had played for about I wanna say two years, um, I was getting to the point where I could solo and I was getting to the point where I could you know, I was pretty fluent in the in the instrument and I'd played in a church band and everything like that and uh my dad pulled me aside right before I turned eighteen and he um I he had bought me another guitar after that and uh he had asked me to sign that guitar, my first one. And I was, you know, like, oh, okay, Dad, thanks, here you go. And I signed the guitar. And when he died, I went into his closet and I found in a display case that he had basically made a shrine. In this display case, um, you know, with pictures of me and my brother and everything like that. In this display case, standing upright was this electric guitar that I had signed for him.
2: Oh, my goodness. What a memory, fell up.
3: Yeah, so okay. I, no, I I never played that guitar again. No.
2: But what a beautiful, beautiful memory. I agree. To, to, not only did you hold your father up as a yardstick, and just by listening to you talk, and, and talking about having chill bumps run up and down your spine, as you were telling me that story, because I'm an empath, those chill bumps were running up and down my spine. But, now I know I understand where you get a your work ethic from, b your attitude about life in general, and your moral compass.
0: Sure. Yeah.
2: Even even though your father died when you were eighteen, he had already instilled those values in you.
0: Mm. And yeah, I agree.
2: Look at, Look at what a well-rounded young man You have become (laughs) Thank you That is absolutely Amazing now ladies and gentlemen We are going to play a song in a few Minutes if I can get through it and he can Get through it but before that There's a burning question That I have like I Told you before the show I do deep dives On my guests because that's The kind of person I am And you did an interview And you Talked about doing live shows And There was a statement Of you could not understand Why people Kept asking to smell your hair
3: <laughs> Yeah That was that was an odd one
2: that Okay odd tell one. me that
0: story <laughs> uh,
3: You know it was pretty simple I got done with this show And um, I was you know, shaking hands with some people, and there was a girl that came up, and she asked me if she could smell my hair, and I thought it was, I thought it was an unreasonable request, so I just politely declined, and, um, you know, I felt kind of bad for having to tell her no, but I, I asked her, you know, I was like, why do you want to smell my hair, and she's like, I don't know, I just really want to know what your hair smells like, so, I mean, I can't fault her, because there's been plenty of times, you know, uh, I don't know, there's been, Probably plenty of weird thoughts that go through my head, but uh, that was that was probably the oddest request I've gotten at uh, at a show.
2: That that is odd. That that's almost yeah. as bad as women throwing their underwear up on the stage. I'm going, okay. Why would
1: she? Yeah.
2: Why would she <laughs> want to smell his hair? I mean, she's in the audience for crying out loud. Yeah. Is it,
3: yeah. Like, no. Pomade? Uh,
2: Do you wear pomade in it? Do,
3: I do, I do, and uh, in fact, if 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 whoever she is 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 listening, um, I wear Axe Clean Cut Look Axe Styling Pomade. So if you just smell there that, you you'll know what my hair smells like.
2: The, that's what it's ha- the, 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 the <laughs> fragrance of the pomade yeah. emanated across the stage, down into <laughs> the audience. She had super sensitive smelling senses, and it just destroyed her
3: (laughs) maybe maybe that's true
2: that's that's scary yeah you you know now you're gonna have to get a bodyguard right
3: (laughs) eventually probably true yeah
2: (laughs) now you and I talked briefly before we went live about being indie artists in this Mm -hmm. cutthroat business of music and writing and the fact that it, it, it has been difficult to break that door down to, to get out there, to be heard, to be read. When you started recording and you started performing and you started selling your music,
0: mm-hmm. how
2: difficult was it for you? And do you still find that people want you to give your craft away because you're not one of the big six?
3: Well, you know, it's, uh, I will say that music, um, has shifted away from something that is enjoyed to something that is consumed. So, and I'll give a good, I'll give what I think is a good example of that. Um, Charlie Puth came out with the song attention a while back. It's a great song and I listen to it often. And, um, I was asking somebody about it that actually told me about that song originally, and she said, hey, who cares? I heard that, you know, that was that came out like eight months ago. And I was like, yeah, but you can listen to it more often than than just once or twice a couple months ago after it comes out. And she goes, eh, you know, who cares? What? And I was like, yeah. And I said, wow, like a song is meant to be, you know, once you, when you hear a song, it's like reading a book. It goes in your ear, and it becomes a part of you. And, uh, you know, it finds its way through your veins, and, then, and, they, and it wraps one of its – it, that that's that's it. It it's creates like a, new, a new heart heartstring. Yeah. Exactly. It creates a new heartstring, and then uh, so that's I mean. Oh it's,
2: my. Uh, well, I still have music that I, I okay. I was born in '51, so you know what I grew up listening to. I grew up listening to mm-hmm. to bebop and to big bands and to Elvis and to the Temptations right. and to Lefty Frizzell and and. All of those old artists I still have their music And I still listen to it
3: Yep I listen to Elvis routinely actually And how you feel
2: It's it's, it's like looking at a, a beautiful piece of artwork That was created in the 16th, 17th century Just because you saw it once doesn't mean that it's lost It's luster
3: You're preaching in the choir here
2: Oh Lord, what is wrong with these young people?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and they lost their minds. We are a throwaway society. We throw away our children. We throw away our books. We throw away our lives, and we throw away our music.
1: Sad, isn't
2: it? Oh, my word. So I guess that if you were in concert more than once, she would only come see you one time because, eh, she'd already heard you once. She was done with you?
3: Eh, Probably.
2: Oh, well, who needs her? (laughs) You don't need that kind of fair-weather friend. We call them sunshine friends. As long as the sun is shining, they're your friends. Right. Let me ask you a question. Since it is a holiday weekend, and since we are honoring those who have fallen through the many wards, um, and I don't want you to to go beyond the scope of what you're comfortable with, but you were deployed right at the mm-hmm. beginning of the aftermath of
0: 9-11.
2: How can I ask this? What kind of feelings ran through your mind? Because, see, as time has passed, we as a nation have sort of forgotten the shock of what happens when we lost three thousand people and yeah. on on our own land and our the sanctity of our little cocoon when when that happened and you were deployed, what feelings ran through your mind?
3: well, so um, there was actually a bit of a gap between when nine eleven happened and when I joined, so I didn't join until two thousand four and uh you know, it, was still, was, we were still it was still
2: fresh now. We were still angry. It was still fresh, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, so I didn't deploy until 07. So, um, you know, there was quite a few years there before. So, I mean, realistically, uh nine eleven I think, was – and I, I was 16 when nine eleven happened. So I was on the bus to school um, when nine eleven took place. And um, – actually i think i was 15 it doesn't matter but uh it was i was just hitting the age where i was able to comprehend what was going on i didn't necessarily understand the gravity of the situation or what would take place as the repercussions of it but uh, i'll tell you you know when i when i joined when i joined the military um my my goals and my my belief systems were largely patriotic and my desire to join the military was largely patriotic as well, so I think for me, a deployment was a way of serving my country that allowed me to do something to hopefully heal the wounds that the nation w- were still uh trying to mend. I don't know if uh
0: it makes both i mean we
3: a lot of people, you know, a lot of people think, you know, service members for their service, and and it's always there's always people that will say, well, whose freedom are we really defending? I mean, we're over in Iraq and we're over in Afghanistan. But the answer is, the answer is a little bit more complicated. Um, and I think I finally found a way to answer that question. My answer is, service members defend your freedom by volunteering in an all volunteer force, so that way they don't have to reinstate a draft. And you're free to not join. And so Good. that is my, is my answer uh, to that question. And so I felt a large amount of gratitude to my country, for one. Uh, they did set me up very well. Uh, I was able to go to college. I was able to learn a trade. Um, but at the same time, I felt like I was grateful for the ability to be able to take the spot, so that way somebody else could go and enjoy, you know, being able to go to college or being able to be at home with their families. That I felt, I felt grateful that I had the opportunity to take that spot, so that way somebody else didn't have to.
2: I'm telling you, Philip, you do you are, ladies and gentlemen, this young man has the soul of a wise man. He had to have been in another life. <laughs> one of the shamans in, in one of the, the Indian tribes, or one of the wise men and one of the the older cultures. Because, Philip, that is one of the most profound, well-thought-out statements, and it makes perfect sense. And again, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, thank you for that.
3: <laughs> thank you. i, I... You know, I I spend a lot of time thinking about stuff like this. Um, you know, I do have a busy job and a busy life. and But at the same time, I do think a lot about various things and various – you know, one of my favorite um, books is uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And, you know, we – I don't know about past lives or anything like that. But there is, a, you know, in our current lives, there's lots of people that have lived prior to us that, um, that can – dole out lots of wisdom, you know, whether it's, you know, whether your your source of wisdom is the Bible, whether your source of wisdom is whatever, but, you know, one of my favorite places for it is Marcus Aurelius' book, Meditations, and and a lot, you know, there's a lot of profound advice in that book, Marcus Aurelius, one of my favorite quotes is, your life is what your thoughts make of it, and, you know, I've even noticed people that are really negative all the time, that just have a terrible outlook on life, just I've seen pictures of them when they're younger and as they get older, they get uglier and uglier and they get, you know, m- grayer, faster. And people that hate other people, you know, they just, they look terrible towards, you know, uh-huh. at a relatively young age. And there are some people that, you know, gush, you know, about, you know, love and, and respect and, and, you know, don't take themselves too seriously. And they look fantastic, you know, well into their late stages of life. And I think I think that's very true. I you do think your life is what your thoughts make of it, and if you're going to think
2: exactly bad, right.
3: toxic, yeah, if you're going to think bad, toxic thoughts, your body's going to reap the reap the consequences.
2: Just like Bill saying, "We are what we eat. We are also what we think and how we act." Sure. And and with that in mind, because I don't want us to run out of time with without playing this other song, ladies and gentlemen, um, you might want to. Take a a quick second and grab a Kleenex box Because I am going to play this second song And then we're going to talk about this second song And the first time that that I played it this afternoon Now, y'all all all know me, I'm not a crier That is just not in my wheelhouse But I was blubbering like a baby And when you find out the reason behind this song You're going to need those Kleenexes So I'm going to give y'all just a minute not even a minute, because I'm fixing to play the song. So run real quick and grab the Kleenexes and hurry back. And we are speaking with a exceptional young man. He's a musician. His name is Philip Broussard. and I would adopt him tomorrow if he would let me, because he <laughs> is he is an amazing young man. He is teaching me a whole lot, and I'm old enough to be his grandmother. So. <laughs> Hang on, folks, while we play this song.
1: Think of a night in heaven There's a thousand years on earth It feels like a thousand years since you left this place And I'd do anything just to see Do it all over again You'd hear it every day But there's no going back Those mistakes are in the past How many times could I have said That you're my best friend Could I have spent getting you to comprehend? This life is going to end, and I'd be without you, my. There's no going back Those mistakes are in the past How many times could I have said That you're my best friend How many days could I have spent This life is gonna end And I'd be without you
2: Philip Brichard and um now I gotta get this frog out of my throat. This is off the chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason. And Philip, give us the history of the song. You and I talked earlier and I started blubbering again. Tell us the history behind this amazing piece of work. Again, you were one of the most wisest young people I have run across in a long, long time. And believe you me, I know a lot of young people, and half of them I want to bury until they get some common sense. So, tell us about this beautiful, beautiful song.
3: Well, so my dad died when I was 18, and um, he went to bed with some chest pain, and nobody really thought anything of it. He was 46 years old. You know, he was uh you know he was a smoker but at the same time you know a 46 years old is still pretty young and um went to bed with some chest pain and uh the next day I was at work and I just had this really odd feeling so I I got a call from my mom and she said you need to call home you know and you need to expect the worst. and I said you know what are you talking about and my parents were divorced, and you know they didn't have any contact with one another. So I thought that was odd. And my grandparents lived right next to me, so I thought maybe my grandfather, who was, you know, in his late 70s at the time, um, you know, I thought maybe something bad happened to him. So I go to call my dad. So I called my dad, and a sheriff's deputy picked up the phone. And the sheriff's deputy said, uh, "Is this Philip?" And I said, "Yes." Who is this? And he said, "Well, this is Officer." so-and-so with the, you know, the, the sheriff's department, (coughs) excuse me. And, uh, and I said, uh, well, what, what are you doing at my dad's house? And he said, well, I, I don't, I really hate to be the one to tell you this, but I, your father passed away last night. And I said, what? And he says, uh, yeah, I, I'm really, really sorry. And I lost my composure and I started crying and I, begged and pleaded with him on the phone to resuscitate my father and do everything they could to revive him and he was telling me that he just couldn't He, he, had, my dad had been gone too long. He had been gone for quite a few hours and so I went and I rushed home and I had to see my dad get wheeled out of the house on a stretcher with a sheet over his head and I just in that moment my entire world changed. And so I was sitting there, you know, my dad and I were very close. I watched my uh I watched my uh, you know, essentially best friend um you know, say goodbye in a certain way and uh and uh you know, that was that was painful. You know, I didn't enjoy that. Um so I fast forward a couple of years and uh you know, I joined the military and I go through a couple of military, military deployments, and I get back, and I get out of the military. And so life goes from 100 miles an hour down to zero. And all of a sudden, all this junk and all this grief and emotional baggage that I would never dealt with bubbled its way to the surface. And so Best Friend was my way of telling my dad finally, after all those years, how I felt about him, and it was part of my acceptance Into letting him go, not 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 out of my life completely. He's still in my memories, and I I still can hear his voice. I can still hear his laugh. But uh, it was my way of telling him that I just didn't have the ability or time or energy to be sad all the time anymore.
2: And he wouldn't have wanted that, because apparently your father was a very fun-loving human being who enjoyed life, or else you you wouldn't have the ability to enjoy life the way that you do and and turn away the negative things that go on because we don't have time for it. And and what I I heard in the song was, and and you and I talked about this before we went live, what I heard in the song was every stage of grief that we go through, and, and none of us go through the stages of grief, A, at the same time or B, in the same way, we deal with grief in different ways, and I heard the anger, I heard the, the the sadness, I heard the denial, I heard the 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 guilt of making your father feel guilty. How dare he die? And then I heard, mm-hmm. but through it all, you're my best friend, and I love you, and that was the acceptance. Yeah. And and ladies and gentlemen, that song resonated with me. And and y'all know that two years ago I lost my granddaughter, and then I lost my father. Well, he and I both lost our fathers in the same month. We both lost our fathers in August. So that's just one more reason that that this young man has endeared himself to me. Not because he's just so wise beyond his years, but there's just a connection there. In I would dare say that any of you that have had that kind of loss, if you couldn't listen to that song and find the acceptance that Philip found, you will be better off in your life, am I correct, Philip?
3: I think so. I think uh I think the faster you can find the acceptance the better. Um you know, recognize the the stages of grief definitely exist and I think it's it's poignant to to um Understand what what stage you're in. If you can, you know, if you find yourself being incredibly sad, you know, um, you know, you'll you'll know that you're almost through it. You, you're, you're almost to the acceptance stage. You know, if you if you find yourself bargaining, you'll know you're halfway there.
2: Yep, you're so right. Well, before we run out of time, I want to run three quick ads and then. If we have time, I want to play the third song. If we don't have time, I'm going to come back and we're going to find out where you can be found and all that good stuff because this hour is flying by so fast. And I asked you before the show, but I'm going to ask you again, will you please come back?
3: Oh, of course, of course.
2: Okay. See, ladies and gentlemen, how easy that is. You don't know the answer unless you ask the question. So bear with us. Let me run these three ads, and we will be right back with Off the Chain.
3: Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman. A True Montana Adventure, available online and in bookstores, or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot.
2: Hi, this is Winona and Jade inviting you to join us and our wonderful guest on the And I Thought Women's Cave podcast on Blog Talk Radio to learn more about our book. The And I Thought series and the Misfit guides. They're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com Or just to see what your ladies are up to, you can find all of that out on www.andwethought.com. So, peace and love from Winona and Jade and our books. <laughs> <laughs> You're <so> silly. <laughs> silly. You're silly. Remember that? That's funny.
1: <laughs> Remember to visit us at andwethought.com.
4: Former Boston PD Captain Stanford Carter and his wife, forensic scientist Jill Seacrest, have decided to move to the Big Apple to accept positions with the New York branch of the FBI. Rookie agent Shania Deeprose completes the trinity as they collide head-on with raging and rampant social, political, and economic unrest amid a string of murders that seem unrelated and may be serial, copycat, thrill, or hate-driven. As they struggle to understand the mind and thought process of the orchestrators, killers, and victims, the team begins to wonder who's who. The line between black and white, superior and subordinate, right and wrong, and good and evil disappears as they are forced to reevaluate their own thoughts, feelings, and philosophies. Ultimately, every character must come to their own conclusions to these questions. Is justice ever more important than the law? Is playing God justifiable if it's for the greater good of all. Come along for the ride to see if Agent Carter will decide to stick to being a hunter or become judge, jury, and executioner instead? Find the answers to these questions when you read the new book, The Killing Collective. The Killing Collective is a character-driven story with big characters with depth. They're soul-searching in addition to the biggest case of the agent's careers. The Killing Collective, available on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback editions. Order your copy today.
1: Ever since we met I have worshipped the ground That your feet have touched Just to be pushed around I should know by now You're not here to stay It's something I can't get past and it's killing me I just want to believe You'd be there for me Cause one day I hope you'll see What your love's doing to me Gets worse every day As you inch farther away Cause I don't Coffee in the morning Just after coming awake And now those are Replaced With angry words Flowing free And I I just wanna believe that you'd be there for me. Cause one day I hope you'll see what you love doing to me. It's worse every day and as you inch farther. Love doing to me, it's worse every day as you inch farther.
2: Off the chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and that was just "Want to Believe" by my guest, Philip Broussard. He is the singer, songwriter, musician—you name it, he did it with all the songs that he has performed tonight. And I had to—I had to close the show on that on that upbeat note, Philip, because you know we we have to come full circle here. We can't be down in the pit all the time. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> so tell me, where did that song come from?
3: So that song is actually what I call a middle of the road song. And, um, you know, I think that song has something for everybody. And so, it does. you know, it just, I, you know, I find inspiration in a lot of different places and, um, you know, I think somebody was just telling me about how they had been pleading with their spouse or something like that about like, if, if he would just listen, if he would just listen and just hear what I have to say, you know, because sometimes it just feels like his love is killing me. Um, you know that's what inspired that song so i didn't want to make it completely negative or i should say completely sad so i wrote it in all major chords and um there's an a minor in there but it doesn't matter but you know i just wanted people to feel like you know you're not the only one that goes through this you know lots of us feel like sometimes we're just not being listened to by the ones we love the most
2: and that is so true. And and when when that happens with me, I just look at him and say, "Talk to the hand." Then I just walk away.
0: <laughs> uh.
2: This <These> not listen. <laughs> What'd I do? Yeah, just talk to the hand. So my dear, my dear, dear, dear new new. See, I can't talk anymore. You've got me twisting my tongue. My dear new friend, <laughs> <laughs> tell these lovely, lovely, lovely folks where you can be found, because you're. Your music is just going to go off the charts. Ladies and gentlemen, support Indie Artist. We are out there, and we are good at our craft. This man's exceptional at his craft. And so tell them where you can be found, where you can music be, can be found.
3: Well, you can find me by searching my name on Spotify. You can also find me on Google Play and Apple Music as well as iTunes. Uh, you can find me on YouTube as well. Uh, I post covers on there occasionally. But, uh, you know... If you ever just want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook. My name is spelled P H I L L I P and my last name is B as in boy R O U S S A R D. And you know, I love hearing from people and I'll always respond. And uh, if I don't just give a little time, I will eventually. Uh, okay, man's, but you know, I mean, I, he's
2: got you know, several things going on here. He's not just sitting around <laughs> waiting on to get in contact. Though I do push the button? <laughs>
3: Exactly, exactly. But, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I feel like I'm here to serve others and, and you know, I really hope that uh, you feel comfortable saying hello. It doesn't matter what country you're in.
2: Absolutely. And and ladies and gentlemen, I'm serious about this. Support Indie Artist because we have to work 100 times as hard to get half of the audience that mainstream artists do. We have to do all of our own promoting. We have to do all of our own marketing. We have to we have to do things that <laughs> someone in the in the big six as they call it doesn't have to do because they have other people doing it for them. I happen to to be involved with Michael Stover who manages the PR for Philip, and the other two guests I had this week. And I'm going to tell you, when Michael contacted me and said, would you, and I jumped on it, God, he is such a godsend, because all three of y'all, you and and the other two guys I had, are such blessings, and you just rounded out the week.
3: (laughs) Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. It means a lot, and it was an honor and a privilege to be on your show.
2: Well, and and you will be an, with with if you don't mind. I want you to be a regular on the show. You've got a new album coming out. We didn't even get to that.
3: Well, my I, my album Wavelength came out last year. I I'm um, gonna probably promote one more song off that album before I release any new tracks.
2: Sweet. So new uh, Wavelength, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all have to get the album now. Can they get it in CD form or is it all download?
3: It's all download currently. Um, I'm working on putting, to, putting my store online um, with vinyl, and uh, probably not CDs. CDs don't sell very well anymore. So,
2: uh, Ooh, vinyl. 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 Did yeah. I say that word, vinyl? <laughs> yes, yes, vinyl
3: sells better than uh, better than CDs, but that's because that, most people just download all the all music.
2: Right. This, this, this is, this is, I'm asking a very – no, ladies and gentlemen, you can't do this. I'm asking a very big favor. When you get the vinyl out would you please please let me know and I will send you the money and if you will sign the cover for me
3: Oh absolutely I'd be more than happy
2: Thank you see let you don't know the answer to the question until you ask the question Yes you too can get a signed cover but you've got to pay attention cuz he comes going to start coming on the show and hopefully he'll launch the vinyl on the show wouldn't that be cool That would be so cool That would be that would awesome be Okay. Let, all right. We have a date, young man. We have a date.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> now, don't hang up when the show goes dark because there's some things I want to tell you, but I do want to say thank you so, so much for spending an hour with me and taking that very valuable time out of out of a piece of your life. It, it's an honor and a privilege, and I hope you have had it as much fun as I have had doing this hour.
3: Oh, I did. Yeah, the honor was, the honor was all mine. I mean that.
2: So, so, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know that, that at the end of every show, there's a couple of things I say, and one of them is this. People will forget what you look like. They'll forget your name. They'll even forget what you're wearing, but they will never, ever, ever forget how you have made them feel. And it is my desire, my drive, my passion that everyone that leads this show, whether listener or guest, like. They are the most important person in the room Because you are, ladies and gentlemen You are the most important I don't care if it's one listener, twenty listeners, a thousand listeners I don't care if it's one guest or two guests You each are the most important person in the room It's like I used to tell my children I love the oldest one because best because he was the oldest I love the middle one the best because she was the middle one I love the youngest one the best because she was the youngest So you are all loved and appreciated because you are unique And remember this, you know, If you want to achieve greatness, stop asking permission because there is nobody out there that will give it to you. Just go out and take your journey. And if you have to take a detour, take a detour because the journey is the fun. It's not the destination. Join us again tomorrow night, Lord willing, if my guest is able to come at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. Deborah Simpson is supposed to be with me. I've not heard from her yet, but I will ask. Until then... This is Yvonne Mason with Alpha the Chain, and my guest, musician, songwriter, all-around great guy, Philip Broussard. And we wish you all a wonderful, wonderful holiday weekend if you're in the States. And to all of the fallen and the families of the fallen, we thank them for their sacrifice. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we say good evening. Okay, we are off the air. This what we're saying now. We'll go up in the archive part of the show. But what I wanted to tell you is, as soon as we get off the show, will archive. And once it archives, I will put the link up on my page and tag you and Michael in it. I want you to take the okay. show and put it everywhere. Tomorrow, <laughs> I will put the show up on um, Spreaker and SoundCloud and Podcast dot com and Podcast Garden. I will send you the links for those. And from Spreaker, it goes up to iHeartRadio. It goes up to uh, FM.com and TuneIn Radio. I will send you the link for the iHeartRadio, and it also goes up on iTunes. So my my gift to you is take all those podcasts and share them with everybody and their brother and have your friends share them. Because the more you get the podcast out there, the more you're going to be heard in places you've never been heard before.
3: Okay, sounds good.
2: And you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna see your music sell like crazy.
3: Yeah, I hope so.
2: <laughs> it's going to. I'm telling you, it's going to. Um, the Diane Moat that I read her ad, she mm-hmm. um, had number one bestsellers in the country of Australia, and it was from the ads that I run for her on this show. Wow. So yeah, sweetheart. This show, it it does things for my guests that are beyond the imagination. So revelant. Well, I'm it. grateful. Enjoy it. I am. And and I am so grateful for you. I'm grateful for your service, and I am grateful and appreciative that you took an hour out. And I'm going to get with Michael, and have him send me some more songs, and we'll set up some more dates so that you can be a regular on the show if you want to, and come Absolutely. every week three or four months and play your music and let's get some more out there.
3: I'd love that. Yeah. The the honor mine.
2: Thank you, sweetheart. And we will talk later. Thank you so much.
3: Sounds good. (laughs) Thank thank you. Good night. Bye now.